insight, innovation, transformation. Welcome to the Change Healthcare Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Change Healthcare Podcast. I'm Ed Demansky, your host. Today, we'll be talking about transparency in healthcare with Mike Parisi, Senior Vice President and General Manager of the Medical Network Business at Change Healthcare. Mike, welcome this afternoon. Before we move into our discussion, please take a minute or so to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, maybe a few details about your role at Change Healthcare, what you and your team focus on, and yeah, it would be interesting also to know a little bit about your career journey. How did you get where you are today? Yeah, sure. Thanks so much. Happy to do it and uh, excited to be on the podcast today. So um, just a little bit about me. Uh, I am the Senior Vice President and General Manager of the Medical Network at Change Healthcare. Uh, it puts me in kind of an interesting role here inside the company. Uh, the Medical Network is one of our foundational platforms for uh, data, data sharing and specifically electronic uh, data uh, sharing between payers, providers, and consumers. And um, as part of that, I own what is traditionally known as our clearinghouse business, um, but I also own our uh, number of APIs that we've exposed on our API platform, our interoperability solutions, and price transparency solutions as well in the suite of what we call connected consumer health. So uh, I have a pretty broad purview. I joined uh, Change Healthcare. It's almost, it'll be almost eight years, so over seven years ago. Um, prior to that, I was a consultant with Deloitte Consulting, so I spent uh, well over a decade with Deloitte and their strategy pra practice, uh, supporting payers and providers and life sciences companies across a, a wide range of uh, consulting engagements. So I got a lot of uh, good exposure to the industry early in my career, and then I've been able to put that to use here at, uh, at Change Healthcare um, and, you know, more specifically in my current role leading the medical network business. So uh, excited to be here. And, uh, you know, I think there's just so much interesting, uh, you know, activity happening right now in the health sector, uh, particularly a lot of it being driven by regulations that, you know, presents both challenges and opportunities. And so, um, you know, excited to sort of talk about the state of affairs right uh, on this podcast today. And, uh, you know, what we're seeing uh, in the market and what we're doing about it across the, across the business. Excellent. Well, thank you, Mike. That sounds like a perfect background to do what you're doing. So let's launch right into things and start by talking a little bit about the current market situation that you alluded to. Related to healthcare cost and price transparency, at the most fundamental level, Mike, what is transparency in healthcare? And then as you're addressing that, where do you see the market going and what do you feel is influencing it most? Yeah, well, it's, it's quite a question, right? That you just asked. So sorry if I loaded uh, too many things it. in there. <laughs> yeah. Let me, let me unpack it. So, you know, the market I would say right now is at a, a really interesting inflection point. And the reason I'm calling that out is um, we've seen some regulatory activity occurring and, uh, you know, anytime you have the regulator stepping in, that tends to get everyone's attention. Um, and it has, you know, both, both sort of, you know, positive and, and also, you know, potentially some, you know, negative effects when you look at what that's going to do, you know, to the market over the short and the long term. So, um, you know, it's been very interesting because, uh, be, you know, the, the situation that we have out there in the market 
with consumers is that you know consumers are bearing an increasing portion of the cost share for their healthcare. I think everybody, certainly anybody who's listening to this podcast, knows um, that high deductible plans, cost shifting to consumers, is an effective tool to manage the cost of healthcare because you put that uh, cost burden on the decision maker, right, of, of the person making that choice about where they get their care. Uh, and then therefore, right, you want that person who, you know, makes the decision about their care to also have the exposure to the costs. And in general, that's a good philosophy, but where it tends to break down is when there are issues like surprise billing, or there's a lack of transparency into what uh, something's going to cost. Uh, and that makes it really difficult for a consumer to just make an informed choice, right? It's not that people are intentionally making bad choices, it's that people are making choices about where to seek care, uh, which provider to go to, what care they receive without having any idea what it costs. And so for a lot of people, that's resulted in some really negative consequences on their lives, right? With people uh, having to declare bankruptcy because of their healthcare costs, right? Because they made a choice or just didn't realize that, you know, the provider they were seeing was not in their network or, uh, you know, a procedure that they received was not covered by their benefits, and so as a result of those, you know, uh, those issues, uh, we've seen the regulators start to step in um, because, you know, consumers have shared that they're just really, uh, I think at their, you know, kind of at their wits end, you know, we've, we've, we've looked at some research that was done uh, as part of a Harris poll and, um, you know, Consumers, they want a better healthcare system, right? But this isn't. This has been the case for a while, right? 80, 81%, according to that research, said that they thought shopping for healthcare should be just as easy as shopping for any other common service, right? Mm -hmm. And it's not like you log on to amazon.com and, you know, they say, hey, do you want to buy, uh, you know, these headphones? And, uh, you know, when, after we deliver them, we'll send you the bill. Don't, you know, don't worry about the price, right? That's just not how it works. But that's the way healthcare works, right? And so there is no you know, way to shop for it really online and know what it costs. 67% wish there was a way to shop for it online, but they can't. 58% say they wish a tech company uh, would just swoop in and deliver a totally new type of healthcare experience because they're not happy with the experience they have, right? Um, you know, in just a couple of other data points that I'll use to perhaps frame you know, where we're at in the market is, you know, 67%, so really two thirds of people that respond to this poll said that right now it feels like every step of the healthcare process is a chore. 62% said they thought the healthcare experience was purposefully set up to be confusing. And 56% uh, said that their experience is so bad today with healthcare uh, that they know people that will do anything to avoid seeking care, right? So it's not just like they're occasionally seeking care, they're actively avoiding getting care they need because they're afraid of losing money, they're afraid of making a bad decision, it's so burdensome to navigate the system. And so with that as the backdrop, right, the, uh, the government and the regulators have said, uh, we need to intervene, right? The, the free market that's occurred in the healthcare industry is not solving for these challenges, at least not solving for them fast enough. And so that's what I think has driven a lot of the, the regulatory activity that we've seen uh, you know, coming into the market. And so, you know, we've got an interesting situation where, you know, consumers are paying for their care, uh, but they're very frustrated with the way their experiences is, you know, currently working in what is admittedly extremely complicated healthcare system. And then you've got the federal government uh, stepping in and saying, 
uh, we're going to regulate this and make sure that we protect these consumers who are, uh, you know, finding themselves in bad financial situations because um, they don't have just basic information. And so just to circle back on your question around mm -hmm. what is transparency, you know, transparency is really understanding what the scope of your benefit coverage is when you go to schedule an appointment, if it's covered, uh, if it's, you know, going to be paid for by you or by your healthcare. So what portion of that is covered by your health insurance? What portion of it isn't? Uh, and it's understanding what that care is going to cost, right? So, you know, is it authorized? What's it going to cost? Who's going to pay for it? And ultimately, what am I as the individual going to have to pay versus what is my insurance going to have to pay? And so when you have that information, right, understanding your out-of-pocket, understanding, uh, you know, whether or not you're getting charged extra because of someone's network status, in order to make that useful, you have to know that on the front end of the process, right? You have to know, ideally, before you even schedule the appointment, you want to know, if I'm going to this doctor, what's it going to cost me as an as a individual, and make sure there's no gotchas or surprises that you're going to find out later on. Uh, you know, once you've already received the care and you get the bill uh, in the mail, you know, several days or weeks later. Mike, those are great points and clearly some valid concerns from the consumers out there. And I loved your example about Amazon. You know, you don't buy something unless you know the price. And so introducing the concept of regulators, that takes us to our next topic. And on that broad level of cost transparency in healthcare, it's continuing to evolve to the point that we now have two important regulatory issues facing payers, the Transparency and Coverage Final Rule and the No Surprises Act. And Mike, I understand that very recently there have been some updates to the No Surprises Act in particular that set forth some interim final rules as well as putting out a request for comments. Can you start just by simply giving our reader, our readers, our listeners, a quick overview of each of those rules and really at a high level, how you see each one of those rules potentially impacting payers? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, we're still, as you mentioned, right on the No Surprises Act, we're still learning, you know, what that's actually going to be from a final rule perspective, right? They've released part of it, but not all of it. So, uh, more to come on that, but happy to talk through them. So for the transparency rules, they've been out for, um, you know, for a little while now. Uh, there are really three key dates and they're all January. So January 2022, January 2023, and January 2024. So by next January, payers are required to have three machine readable files uh, posted on their website, right? And those machine readable files have uh, price transparency information for 500 shoppable services. So basically having that information available. And again, they don't ask for machine readable files because they expect uh, many you know, patients or members of health plans to go out and actually read those. They're expecting to make those machine readable files available to other technology companies, right? They're gonna create tools for those consumers to use uh, to navigate their care. Um, but you know, at a minimum, right, the, the, the regulation requires having those three different files uh, posted and having monthly updates, right? And, and just to clarify, uh, in case you're not yet familiar with those, those three files are going to be, the first one is going to be your in-network provi provider negotiated rates. So basically, what are the contracted rates you have with providers? Mm -hmm. The second is going to be build charges and historical out-of-network allowed amounts for all out-of-network providers. 
Uh, and the third is going to be negotiated rate and historical net price for prescription drugs. So information on contracted rates for medical care, uh, information on your pharmacy prescription drug, negotiated rates and historical net price. And then for out of network, since out of network is somewhat difficult to pin down, uh, having the actual just historical uh, build charges and, and allowed amounts uh, for those out of network providers uh, accessible through that machine readable files. The January 2023 date then ex expands on uh, just having those machine readable files out there and payers actually have to have a tool available uh, that provides not only, you know, uh, the machine readable data, but actually provides a, a shopping experience where a member could log into that online self-service tool, search the 500 shoppable services uh, and identify what, uh, you know, what that cost would be for them. Um, and then that the 2024 date is essentially just an extension of that online tool, uh, right, which gives members pricing and cost sharing information uh, for all items and services, not just for those 500 shoppable services. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so, you know, CMS has stepped in and, uh, and, and put some transparency uh, regulations out there um, that are going to create really well defined milestones. Uh, for health plans to comply with and provide uh, access to uh, better information on pricing. Uh, what's interesting about the, these, these transparency rules also, and I, I failed to mention at the onset, is that these transparency rules you know, actually follow transparency rules that are already occurring in the provider market. So uh, in January of 2021, uh, hospitals had to post uh, machine-readable files with their negotiated rates as well. Um, and make those accessible on their website to consumers. So uh, we've seen it affect, you know, previously affect providers. And now we have payers publishing this information as well, uh, making it available and then ultimately being required to provide tools. So that is the, the first rule that you mentioned, which is the transparency regulations that have come out. The second regulation uh, that came out was the No Surprises Act. And the No Surprises Act, uh, is still uh, in the process of, uh, you know, having a final rule put together around it, but it does have consumer protections in the act that are, are uh, slated to take effect beginning uh, on January of 2022. Um, and, you know, the intent of uh, the No Surprises Act was a little bit broader than the Transparency Act, which the Transparency Act was really just about providing inf information the No Surprises Act is really directed at surprise billing, right? Which has been this problem of uh, not only uh, do consumers have issues not knowing what something costs, but then in some cases, they're getting a bill for something that's just orders of magnitude uh, above and beyond what a typical health insurer or CMS would pay for that same exact covered procedure uh, and or just was, is, is not something that they otherwise you know, would have been able to be aware of or control for something like, you know, uh, aircraft, uh, you know, ambulance transport in a, you know, an air ambulance, for instance, right? If you have a helicopter ride that can get really expensive really fast. And if you're the primary payer uh, or if it's an out of network, non-covered service, that could create a really big surprise bill for you that you may have been unconscious and not even aware of. Right. Definitely. So, you know, a transparency tool wouldn't help you in that circumstance. With, with all of that said, I mean, you raise, again, some very, very important points here. And if, if you're a payer, 
What, what do you feel then are the most significant challenges that payers face in trying to achieve compliance with these regulations? Well, there's a couple of things, right? I mean, on the transparency rules, for instance, um, the, you know, the, the challenges are going to be around uh, getting the data, right? I mean, that's the first mm -hmm. thing. It's an underlying data problem. So, uh, you know, some of the contractual data, it's just not accessible, right? It's stored in a system that isn't meant to be exposed, right? In a, in a file and shared broadly, right? It was just never the way the administrative platform is set up. So there's certainly a challenge around just surfacing, you know, accurate data and making that data available, uh, you know, to, to members. Also, you know, in certain circumstances, payers may, you know, lease or rent a network from third parties. And so sort of not only is it their own contracts, but they may have to try to get access to data from other uh, entities that have a leased or wrap network that's used to, to provide, um, you know, some of the contracting for certain providers in their network. So, so it's a complicated system and it's a data problem. Um, you know, in terms of the shopping tools, we offer one, right? There's other tools out there in the market. Some health plans have them already today. Um, but, you know, so there's a mature, the good news is there's a mature sort of suite of services available. Uh, you know, our solution offers things like, you know, integrating your deductible accumulators and things like that. So, uh, you know, we've got the ability and those have been in the market, they're mature. Uh, and so, you know, we've got the ability to help payers with that part. Um, on the No Surprises Act side, right, one, there's all kinds of uh, administrative changes that just have to be kind of factored in, right, around how you can use prior authorization, what are balanced billing protections, what kind of, uh, you know, there's a, a, a concept called an advanced explanation of benefits in the No Surprises Act that basically uh, outlines that, um, that if you have a scheduled procedure, meaning, hey, I'm going to go get surgery, for instance, um, I, you know, you will have to give me an advanced EOB, kind of like I would get in the mail after my surgery that lists, hey, here's what the provider charged, here's what your plan pays, here's what you owe. Uh, they actually have to produce that on the front end. And that's going to take a lot of the mystery out of these surgeries um, and protect consumers. So there's, there's some, some restrictions to the way things can be managed and processed. Uh, around prior authorization, for instance. And then there's also uh, just some requirements around what you know, someone can be obligated to pay. Uh, and then you know, there could be future price comparison regulations. There could be advanced EOBs uh, that need to be produced. Uh, there could be uh, requirements around provider directory access, for instance. And so uh, we're waiting to see if the, that rulemaking comes out, um, what comes out in the rulemaking and and then how to basically affect that. But so there's definitely, uh, if you're in a payers compliance department today, you're quite busy because you've also had other regulations you're trying to you know, meet like the interoperability mandates that have come out as well that are designed to free up consumers access to their own data. So um, you know, there's, there's a lot of pressure right now on the underlying uh, administrative infrastructure at a health plan and just how do you operationalize all this and then I think beyond that, it's how do you do it in a way that, that doesn't confuse uh, the person you're trying to help, right? How do you do it in yeah. a way that yep. is easy and intuitive for a member so that they don't get confused and call you saying, wait, I don't understand uh, what I'm looking at. I don't understand what this means um, because then that sort of 
defeats the purpose of making all of this, these tools and all of this information available. You're listening to the Change Healthcare Podcast. Insight, innovation, transformation. Learn more at changehealthcare.com. Well, you definitely have set the stage for where we're heading next, that there are quite a few concerns that payers no doubt have out there. So shifting gears slightly from those discussions, when you're out in the field, when you're meeting with prospective customers, what issues are there around transparency that are keeping them up at night? Yeah, well, for, first and foremost, it's getting to compliance, right, by January. Uh, the data the data gathering and the producing machine-readable files, publishing those, uh, that's definitely a concern. I, I've noticed a, 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 a definite concern also around the point I just made a minute ago, which is I don't want to confuse my members, right? And if you think about, you know, where we've gone in a very short period of time, we have interoperability mandates that have made claims data, directory data, formulary data, all this information available via APIs, right? And that's being rolled out now across the industry. So uh, digital and other technology companies are going to be uh, accessing that information and providing it to members. You've got uh, these transparency regulations that are exposing pricing. Um, providers are also exposing pricing and there's potential that those won't match up with what the payers expose. So that's a concern, right? And our member is going to be confused about what something costs, right? Or mm-hmm. is that data going to somehow be misrepresented or presented to a member in a way that makes it difficult for them to, to consume? So I think those are things that are challenges. And also, you know, there's not a lot of time, right? So we're in a very complex environment. Um, and these regulations are, uh, although they're, they're, you know, they're possible, right? They're, you can administer these and do these things. Um, they're being rolled out at a very, you know, pretty aggressive schedule and a rapid pace, right? The No Surprises Act is slated to take effect in January. They just released the proposed rule, right? Which doesn't leave a lot of time to implement the changes uh, required to comply with that rule, right? We've got less than six months and they're still in a comment period. So it's this extremely tight timeframes. Um, and so it really requires a lot of agility uh, to be able to sort of, you know, manage this, uh, a deep understanding of the regulations. And then also as these regulations are rolled out, they tend to evolve. There's more specificity uh, communicated over time. And so you have to be nimble and agile in the way that you roll them out. Uh, which is very challenging to do in certain circumstances. So I think those are some of the concerns that, um, that I hear from payers. You know, ultimately, this is all about the member patient, right, making the system work better for them. And I think everybody understands that's the intent. But sometimes the, you know, the, the requirements don't always match the intent or have some unintended right. consequences. And I think that's the other thing that I think is, is causing some concern. Right, definitely. You know, sometimes, kind of as you're alluding to, the best laid plans don't always come off as expected. Within those concerns, do any of the things that you're hearing surprise you? And I guess even taking that one step further, do you feel that those concerns say anything to you about the overall understanding that the market currently has of what transparency in healthcare really means and what it's really about? Well, you know, I think that, so, I mean, one of the things that, yeah, I wouldn't say concerns me, but as you look at the, you know, the state of affairs and you look at what we're all really trying to accomplish is, um, you know, taking an approach of actually meaningfully creating capabilities that make the system better versus 
simply achieving regulatory compliance. And I think that, you know, in a lot of these circumstances, right, it, it's possible to achieve regulatory compliance without solving the problem, right? Because it's, it's a rule, but it's not a perfect rule. Right. And so I think that, you know, for, for, for the healthcare system to really get better for people, right? Which all of us, I mean, you know, we're all healthcare consumers. So we all probably have our own story. I know mine, it was when I got an MRI of my hand, right? And I, you know, I couldn't figure out what it was going to cost. They wouldn't give me the price up front. I finally went in and sat down. And right as I was checking in and registering, they told me that it was going to be four times as expensive as I knew the place down the road was because I looked it up before I went. So I canceled my appointment and went, went you know, two miles down the road right. and saved like, I don't know, 1800 bucks or something, right, for my MRI. But I'm kind of a smarter, you know, than average healthcare consumer when it comes to some of these things. Um, so I think, I think that, you know, that when the information's out there, right, people will be able to access it. But um, you really do need to, to make uh, investments in sort of the experience alongside of providing the information. And that's the part that, you know, I think is, is, is both concerning, but also an opportunity. And I think that as, you know, payers and providers who have regulations, you know, around healthcare transparency, digest these regulations, their intent, and you take the whole, um, you know, bigger picture view at the No Surprises Act, the transparency regulation, the interoperability regulation, things that we're anticipating coming out around prior authorization. Um, it, it creates this opportunity to, to, to truly fix what is a challenging system for, uh, for members of these plans and, and make it easier for them to navigate, which creates a big opportunity, for, in my view, for anyone who's able to do that, whether it's a health plan or whether it's a, a digital health company, or whether it's one of those big technology companies that I referenced in the Harris, you know, research where right. consumers said they wished one of them would come fix healthcare. Right? Question is, is with all this data now being made available, that's going to create opportunities for others to do it. The question is, who's going to do it? Um, and so I think health plans have this unique moment where um, they can step in and really take these regulations and instead of just sort of meeting the bare minimum, look for, you know, what is my broader strategy around this and how do I turn this into a competitive advantage that makes me the destination of choice for, uh, you know, for consumers because I, and, and employers, because I offer the most robust, you know, set of tools to, to the members of my plan. Mm -hmm. Taking that just one step further in terms of looking at the opportunities that you've alluded to for payers, is it possible even that there are opportunities for payers and providers together in this particular situation? Oh, I definitely think that there are. Um, and, and, you know, I, it's, it's, you know, we often talk here in Change Healthcare about some of these regulations and where we're at is like we're in the first inning of a nine inning baseball game here. I like and that. so I really see the, everything evolving over time, right? And so as we roll out some solutions and as the market starts to expose this data, that's gonna open up the opportunity for innovation. It's gonna open up the opportunity for collaboration. And we saw some of the same with, you know, some of the different value-based payment models out there that, you know, facilitate payer and provider, you know, shift away from just volume-based fee-for-service to more value-based, uh, shared savings and other, you know, models where the financial incentives are more closely aligned. And you could see the same thing around, you know, consumer navigation and engagement where, um, you know, payers and providers can collaborate 
more closely together, as well as, you know, through various different, um, you know, other digital health companies that are out there to coordinate and manage, uh, help somebody coordinate and manage their own care or help or coordinate and manage their care for them uh, in a way that produces better outcomes, lowers the cost of care, creates a much better experience for individuals. And so I think that the more of this data you know, that gets exposed, it sort of opens up the environment for collaboration a lot more than when information was harder to access and kept confidential uh, and everything was sort of you know, close to the vest. So, you know, having this information available uh, in a machine readable format uh, is really, I think, gonna, going to, you know, a couple of years out as the market, you know, evolves, matures and, and gets to, uh, you know, a state where this is, you know, better understood and just more of a regular way of operating. Um, you're going to just see a lot more innovation and collaboration and opportunities that emerge. And so, um, you know, it's exciting from that perspective, I think, to, you know, start to look at, well, what could you do now, right, that you couldn't do Definitely. before, or what, or what is less, you know, less difficult for you to do, uh, whether it's payer provider collaboration or other opportunities. Definitely. Considering now everything that we've talked about so far, it seems to me from what I read, from what I know that the regulations place most of the onus on the payers, despite the fact that the information that they need largely comes from the provider side. Do you see that the same way with that onus being on the payers? Well, I mean, definitely there's role, there, there are regulations that are affecting both, right? There's regulations on the payers, there's regulations on the providers, um, but certainly payers have regulations that they have to adhere to. And it is uh, administratively challenging to, to meet some of those regulations, right? The, the idea of an advanced DOB is an interesting kind of example to just double click on because, um, you know, that requires really a collaborative, you know, uh, transaction between a payer and a provider to occur. And in there are multiple mm -hmm. ways that a member, you know, or a patient, for instance, could enter into that workflow of needing an advanced DOB. It could be that I'm at my doctor's office and they're scheduling a procedure that uh, under the act, when the final rules is, is clarified, requires the payer to provide an, an advanced explanation of benefits, which means as the provider, I schedule the procedure. I know who the anesthesiologist is going to be. I have to provide all of that data to the payer so that they know whether or not that's in or out of network, or they know, uh, you know, the specific procedure to be done and what the reimbursement rate for that procedure would be, um, so that they could generate the advanced DOB. Similarly, if I'm a individual and I haven't found a doctor yet, but I know I need to have, you know, my ACL, you know repaired via surgery, and I go to my health plan, right, that health plan has to also be able to produce an advanced DOB, uh, right, without interacting with the provider, without knowing some of those specifics. So, you know, to your point, I think there's a lot of questions that will come out uh, during final rulemaking around, you know, some of those No Surprises Act components, for instance, and uh, also will be addressed as these different uh, regulated regula regulation-based solutions get rolled out to market because there will need to be continuous clarifications, right? And in a lot of a lot of times, things get defined at a very high level, and then through the rulemaking process, right, the details get ironed out over time uh, and then revised if things aren't working, you know, quite as intended. Mm -hmm. So uh, I expect there to be, you know, kind of active 
uh, active, you know, clarifications and uh, definitely expecting, you know, the, the rules to evolve a little bit, additional rules to be issued as it pertains to these areas. Um, as the, you know, where we started the conversation, as regulators try to step in and, and solve this challenge, right, that people think the system is so complex, it's almost like it was designed to be that way, right? It was designed to be confusing. And so they're really focusing on how, what can be done uh, in order to make this system a little bit easier to understand. And I think until these problems go away, right, until the industry can come together and solve these issues that make the system so difficult for all of us to use, mm-hmm. um, they're going to continue to come in with, with new rules and regulations that are aimed at that goal. Kind of picking up off of what you just said there, is, are there things that payers can do to better help enable this transparency data sharing process across the providers and even in thinking through that are there boundaries and is this something that will require a shift in you know historical thought processes how payers and providers have almost historically viewed themselves as separate entities yeah yeah i think um you know as far as what what payers can do is that really staying on top of the regulations and the timelines and understanding uh, you know, what is potentially coming down the pipe and starting to prepare yourself now is a really good idea uh, because the, the underlying challenges with many of these uh, regulations are their information, uh, their information challenges. So it's getting data, uh, having it be clean and accurate and making it accessible, right, is kind of a foundational component of a lot of these regulations and there's different types of data, but at the end of the day, that's really what it's about. And then being able to expose that data. And so if, if you don't have that, um, you know, competency really ironed out, it can be very challenging uh, to move forward, right? If, if, if it's difficult to get access to the, the actual contracted rates for certain procedures that are part of your network because you rely on third parties or because it's just not easy to get at the contract data, that could be a long exercise to pull that information together potentially. So I think spending uh, some time looking at not just what's coming up in January, but looking at what might happen uh, as these, you know, the No Surprises Act is rolled out and as we get to phase two and phase three of the transparency regulations, um, looking at what might come come out around prior authorizations, uh, interoperability, right, and projecting out um, you know, capabilities you need. And then, you know, looking at many payers are looking at partners to do this, right? Change Healthcare is certainly one of them. Uh, and, you know, so looking at your partners and not just considering, you know, the, the specifics of the next six months, but, uh, you know, finding a partner that you believe is going to be equipped to help you uh, in an agile fashion, right? Navigate these regulations as they're rolled out and clarified. I think it's really important um, because, uh, you know, Getting to a, a, a partner with a single point solution that you know gets you uh, a third of the way there, but doesn't get you all the way there, uh, puts you in a difficult spot when you need to get uh, you know get the rest of the capabilities put together. So I think being really intentional about that is another you know recommendation that I would have. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know it's certainly one of those things where uh, you know the more prepared you are today, and the more uh, accelerated you are as far as uh, controlling for the parts that are really known or are highly likely to occur 
and getting your infrastructure set up for that, uh, I think will pay you know dividends down the line. Um, you know, some of it may end up not being necessary, but I you know I think that you're better off in most cases uh, preparing. You know that that these are going to continue to move forward because thus far uh, all of these regulations are being rolled out and the timetables are being enforced, and so. Um, it's important to be able to, to, you know, respond to the requirements and um, uh, move quickly. Being prepared definitely seems like a great point for, for payers to pick up on here within your message. Taking that just another, from a different angle, is there a different dynamic or a challenge that each, whether payer provider, that they must address? Or do you feel that the issues for both are the same within this concept here? Well, I mean, I think they're attacking the same problem from two different angles, right? One is to tell, you know, tell providers you have to publish your prices and you can't, you know, hit someone with a surprise bill and um, do things that are causing, you know, people to pay 20 times what Medicare pays, right? And then for payers, they're sort of holding them to the same standard of saying, look, we, you know, we want you to issue protections as well and you can't, um, you know, force a consumer to pay for certain types of care because it wasn't authorized. Um, and, you know, we're going to require you to make sure that you're taking this information um, that you, you, that only, you know, right. As the payer, right. The details mm -hmm. of the plan and how it applies to circumstances somebody would encounter and make that information available in a very easy to understand manner to that person. So, I mean, I think that they're being applied, you know, kind of universally across the okay. industry um, and I think, but I do think there's going to be coordination challenges, right, around how these things will roll out and how, um, you know, different participants will, will, you know, have to work together to make sure that um, the rollout works, you know, as, as, an, as, uh, as designed. Right, right. Well, we've talked now about the regs, the challenges, the opportunities. You've touched briefly on some things that change healthcare can do. Uh, let's look just a little bit more at that solution aspect. So how do you feel that Change Healthcare fits into this big picture of helping to both educate and influence the industry relative to price transparency, cost transparency? Yeah, no, absolutely. It's a great question. We're right in the middle of it. Um, you know, the name, the actual, the, the company name Change Healthcare uh, actually has its origins uh, back to uh, a Nashville-based startup that was purely focused on engagement and transparency in healthcare. So uh, we've got a very mature capability called TrueView. That's our shopping platform that has um, you know all the bells and whistles that uh, a payer might want to be able to enable a member to have a, a world-class sort of shopping experience to help them understand their deductible status, their out-of-pocket cost. You know things like provider ratings and reviews and things uh, all of that information can be integrated in it can be exposed via apis uh, and plugged into your portal or we have our own hosted portal we also were very involved in the uh, machine readable file rollout where we were hosting uh for you know quite a few uh providers their machine readable files that were required back in january so uh, we're active in that provider side of the market and certainly as we look toward, you know, some of the collaboration opportunities you referenced earlier, uh, things like the advanced EOB, um, you know, we're extremely, I think, well positioned to help solve some of those uh, interaction challenges because 
of the medical network uh, infrastructure we've already built that supports a lot of claiming and remittance activity between payers and providers today. Uh, that same infrastructure coupled with some of these transparency tools and capabilities. And then also we have a member communication and engagement uh, organization as well that includes omni-channel, so print and email and other digital communications. Um, so with all of that together, uh, we believe we're pretty well positioned with some established uh, offerings to, to help payers as they navigate these regulations. Um, and I think that, you know, our footprint, um, you know, and our reach and our ability to solve, you know, for some of these challenges um, at, at scale, I think is a big, uh, you know, another big kind of, uh, you know, differentiator that we have at Change and, and hopefully a reason that um, uh, a lot of payers will, uh, will look to work with us on this. Great. Those, those sound like excellent solutions for payers out there to think about and to reach out to change healthcare to get more information. Mike, this has been great, very insightful and informative. As we conclude, is there anything from what we've talked about that you would like to add here in just a few sentences that really kind of hits on overall what you feel is most important thing or need for the healthcare industry to hear relative to this topic of cost and price transparency? Yeah, I guess I would just go back to, you know, some of the points I made early on in that, you know, consumers are challenged right now. I think we all know it. We all experience it ourselves with our care and our family's care. Um, and so, you know, these regulations are, are happening for a very good reason. And I think they're, you know, uh, going to be challenging for participants in the industry to, to deal with. They're going to be challenging for payers to deal with, but ultimately they have the right, uh, the right goal in mind. And all of us in the opportunity have this, all of us in the industry have this opportunity to go uh, take these, uh, you know, regulatory requirements and translate them uh, into solutions that meaningfully make a change and meaningfully make the healthcare system better. And so I'd hope that, you know, for folks that are listening to the podcast and for all of us in the industry that we look at uh, these regulations, not just as a burden and a challenge, but as an opportunity uh, for us all to do something great uh, for the industry that we've all, you know, put so much into from our careers uh, and will benefit all of us, right, as we seek healthcare, uh, uh, you know, as, as individual healthcare consumers. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm excited to be working and partnering, you know, with all of the payers that, uh, that we work with in the industry on this and, um, you know, excited to, to have future conversations around it and see how some of the proposed rules come out. So I uh, would just like to thank, you know, everyone for, for listening and uh, taking a little time uh, to, to, to tune in here for this topic and uh, certainly an important one. And uh, one that we'll be continuing to uh, stay on top of here at Change. Definitely. Thank you, Mike. This has been very interesting, and I thank you for your time. As we conclude, we've been talking to Mike Parisi, Senior Vice President and General Manager of the Medical Network Business at Change Healthcare. We appreciate you, Mike, taking time to chat with us today about transparency. For our listeners, don't forget to check the show notes for links to resources and content contact information related to today's show and stay tuned to the change healthcare podcast for more shows covering the healthcare it topics that you care about for more information on transparency and other healthcare it topics please visit changehealthcare.com
I'm Ed Demansky. Thanks for listening. And I hope you have a great rest of your day. You've been listening to the Change Healthcare Podcast. Don't forget to check the show notes for more information on today's topic. Insight, innovation, transformation. Learn more at changehealthcare.com.